Welcome to Main Menu for July 31st, 2015. I'm Larry Turnbull, sitting in for David Tanner, who is a bit under the weather this week. This week on Main Menu, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to rerun some of the convention highlights, and actually we're going to do one this week. We're going to do a segment on podcasting. Many of you out there probably know how to do podcasts, but there's some of you who may want to find new ways to do podcasts and that sort of thing. And there was a great workshop done by uh, Brian Charlson uh, that was called Podcasting from Both Sides of the Mic. So we're going to air that. Also, before we get into that, I'll just let you know that Windows 10 has been released. Uh, Many of you are probably getting those upgrade prompts and that sort of thing. And as the weeks go by, we'll be talking more about whether you should upgrade or not and what to look out for. So with that, we're going to go ahead get into the uh, Information uh, Access Committee and podcasting from both sides of the mic. Enjoy, and we will definitely have more coverage next week. We're going to be doing two components. One component, consuming podcasts, and another component, creating podcasts. Because we were talking about consuming podcasts, I have a little bit of experience in that side. But in both cases, we're anticipating that people in the room will have something to share, a knowledge, an experience, an idea that will help the rest of us do better at what we're doing with podcasting. This is going to be a kind of like one of those uh, gospel sing-alongs, okay? Everybody's got a voice. Everybody's going to contribute. We're going to all leave here better at what we're doing because of the knowledge each of the others who came shared with us. Podcasting. I'm going to get to take polls. That's how I get cheap applause. I take audio polls. So, first audio poll. Poll. Those who are here because they want to learn more about how to get podcasts, to listen to them. Clap. Those who are here because they'd like to get engaged in creating podcasts, clap. As I was afraid, it's a 50-50 mix. So that leaves me with the decision making. Where do we start? Well, we're going to start this way. I'm going to see if using one microphone works. Does it? That's okay? Okay. That way I don't have to keep banging those two things together. All right. So, podcasting, what is it? Easiest definition is audio content on demand. The ability to produce, make available for others to acquire if they're interested, and be able to listen to it when they want to listen to it. Very much like DVR, but for audio content. Yes, there are vodcasts, video podcasting, if you will. 
Mostly people think of that these days as watching something on YouTube. And much of what we're talking about here today will still apply to that if that's where you want to go with this. So, one, it is audio recordings for our definition purposes stored somewhere out there on the net in a way that other people can find it, download it, and listen to it. So, number one is, so what programs can I get that will allow me to download podcasts? This is where somebody shouts out their favorite podcatcher. I hear downcast. Overcast. Overcast. Eyecatcher. Podcast. Downcast on the Mac. Downcast on the Mac. Because it's not just things on your smartphone. No. Certainly it can be on your computer as well. Any others? Brian, how about the Victor Reader screen? Yes, there are devices that function as pod catchers and the Victor Reader Stream, we're talking about second generation now, is capable of accessing podcasts. Just ask the president of the American Council of the Blind. She got sick and tired of me saying, you know, the other day I heard on a podcast, she started saying, he's going to say it, he's going to say it. And then she got her Victor Reader Stream second edition. And three times today I heard her say to somebody, the other day I was listening to a podcast. And so she's converted. Um, in fact, um, anybody here know Jim Crott from Florida? Kim was accidentally listening to a podcast that had absolutely nothing to do with blindness and heard a guy named Jim Crott talking about a book he's working on. So it's amazing what can happen when you start listening to podcasts. Now, a podcatcher allows you to download podcasts. But it also has to give you an ability to pick one to download. So there are utilities built into many podcatchers that allow you to pick and choose. I'm gonna pick on the Victor Reader Stream again. It uses a, a aggregator of podcasts called OOTunes or OOTunes to determine what's available out there. But you can go in, in its search utility, put in a word using the numeric keypad to type in letters. I've become incredibly good at doing that in a way I absolutely hated doing on the phone in the days of texting with a numeric keypad. Nonetheless, I've gotten very good at it now and I can look up any subject I could possibly dream of and probably find at least one and sometimes mm, 600 podcasts that have that word or phrase in them. And then I chug along in it, next, 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 pressing the five key occasionally to see if a description has been written so I know what the podcast is about more than just its name. And then choosing to make it a friend, to collect it, to add it to my list of podcasts. Now, why is it my list of podcasts? Why would I do it this way? Because I'm subscribing to that podcast. I'm not saying send me this one little recording. I'm saying send me recordings that are available by this author under this name at this location. And then I'm going to get, each time I get into a wireless environment, and I have this on an ongoing basis, I sit down my 
Victor Reader Spring when I walk into the house and I walk away from it and I come back later and find out it's found 16 new podcasts that it thinks I should be listening to. So it aggregates in that fashion. You can set how many it, you want it to store at a time, how many you want it to go back when you first subscribe to a podcast. Be careful about that because there is kind of a limit to this, especially a limit in how much uh, space you want to take up uh, on your device to accomplish these kind of things. So number one, a podcatcher. You really need one to be involved in podcasting or podcast listening. Anybody here have anything to add to, the, to what I've said so far, dealing with podcatchers and, yes. and the value? Brian, there's a, a Windows podcatching client called QCast. QCast? Yes, because we've mentioned iOS. Right, so Q-C-A-S-T? That's correct. QCast. Yep. Very good. So again, it helps you find them, and then from there forward, it helps you subscribe to them so that they can come live on your computer automatically, on your smartphone, whatever the device you're using. And then you use that device's ability and software to then go and play them at will. I keep some of them, just like you would read a book and keep it, or more likely than not, I listen to it and I hit that lovely delete button, freeze enough space for me to add more things to my device, whatever it might be. That's number one. While we're on the subject of podcasts that are out there, I'd like to take a few minutes to ask people to tell me what their favorite podcasts are, so that others in the room might enjoy them as well. I, of course, have to plug ACB Braille Forum, mm -hmm. ACB Reports, both available as podcasts. <coughs> others, anybody? Dr. Carter, the, te uh, the Tech Doctor Podcast. The Tech Doctor Podcast. Apple Viz? Apple Viz Podcast. That's V-I-S. Got to be careful with this. This Week in Tech. This Week in Tech. The Nocillacast. This Week in Tech, by the way, generally speaking, we just call it TWIT. But yes, what was that last one, Jeff? The Nocillacast. She is a... Nocillacast. Nocilla. Nocilla. N. No Scylla, N O S I L L A, or Allison spelled backwards. Uh, no Scylla cast, and it's a app Mac podcaster who has always had a very keen eye on accessibility. Great stuff. If any of you are NPR fans, yes. virtually every NPR program has a podcast. If any of you enjoy TED Talks, Car talk. Car talk. All of those Love things it. are in there. In addition, I like the TED Talk Hour. Yep. That where it takes and creates a mashup of TED Talks on a given topic. Sometimes you can get favorite radio programs that are podcasted. I they conservative talk show host out in Milwaukee who's podcast I enjoy, but they I knew you'd get the word conservative in there somewhere. Tell us Say again? Alex. Ellen DeGeneres? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just launched a podcast last week, 
And again, it's titled Ripple Effect. Terrific. Thank you. I will be subscribing to that this evening. Who was that, by the way? There are now even TV shows that have podcasts. CBS is 48 hours. 60 minutes. 60 minutes. minutes. And of course, all of the Sunday morning shows have podcasts. You know, the... uh, Good Morning America. All those guys. Yeah, Meet the Press, Fox News. In all honesty, podcasts are meaningful. You'd be hard-pressed to come up with something that doesn't put out a podcast these days. You just simply have to take the time to check it out and use one of the services that are used to locate these things, including iTunes. So there's lots of ways to find out what podcasts are out there. Um, You're going to have two big problems. One is your sleep is going to decrease. So talk to the people at Bandit Pharmaceuticals because you're going to need sleep aids. Because you can lay down thinking you're just going to listen for a moment and go to sleep the way you do with talking books. Only to find out it's three in the morning. I've become very acquainted with three in the morning thanks to podcasts. They are very, very, very engaging. The other thing they are very is uncensored. So, be careful if you're offended by foul language and or um, sexually explicit content, then it's buyer beware. Nobody's out there like the FCC checking to see whether this stuff is fit for human consumption. Okay? Um, That's not always a bad thing because sometimes, you know, the, the... people who are out there trying to be politically correct get a little bit carried away. Um, but seeing commercials these days, it's, it's not all that far off the mark at this point. Nonetheless, beware that that's, that's a, a situation for you. How about the audio quality of the podcasts you're listening to? Naturally, those entities that are major entities like NPR and CBS and those kind of things, they've got the equipment, don't they? They've done the sound editing with a staff of 20. So their quality of audio is going to be better for the most part than those that are more like ourselves doing podcasts, where we have to pick and choose our equipment based on our (laughs) economics. Uh, And as a result of that, you know, you have to decide what's more important to you a quote professionally produced podcast or a podcast on a subject you don't get in general media and I suggest probably you'll like a little bit of both so is there anybody in the room who is a podcaster we know of one she started her program just the other day anybody else in here a podcaster podcaster you got to applaud or I don't know you're there. You know, the raising of the hands thing don't work well at ACB. <laughs> None. That, ladies and gentlemen, is totally unexpected. Anybody here who records for fun, whether you podcast it or not? 
That, I think a lot of us did that. I remember when I first moved out to Massachusetts, Kim kept waking me up in the middle of the night anytime there was a thunderstorm so that I could record it and send the audio recording back to Oregon where they don't happen that often, thinking our family would really enjoy a good thunderstorm in the middle of the night. And you can hear me saying on the, on the thing, I'm up again, it's three in the morning, and I'm recording another thunderstorm. So yeah, we record for fun. Jeff? Yes. I'm picking on you, bud. Uh-oh. Could you pass me that microphone? Say something, Jeff, so that we can find you. I'm over here. So, Jeff, you did some recordings at yep. a conference recently. Yes. On your right hand. Okay, thank you. So, yes. So I'm going to interview about that subject. All right, very good. One, what kind of equipment did you use? Well, I used an Olympus LS14, and it's, it's not a really high-end digital recorder, but it's not a cheap one either. It's about a $200, $250 digital recorder. And you can get them almost anywhere these days, even at Walmart. And it, you used its built-in microphone? Uh, I did, actually. Yeah, the microphones on it are very, very good. They are stereo mics. There are actually three. I turned the center one off, and I used the microphones. They're positioned there are angles on each side of the recorder. And so what I tend to do, for example, what I'll be doing here when I go into the exhibit hall here, um, and I'm interviewing someone, I'll turn the recorder so that one mic is facing the individual, individual I'm speaking to, and then the other mic is facing me. And so you actually get each person on a separate stereo channel. And it makes for nicer editing and just a, a nicer experience when broadcasting it. So if you, if you remember, a few months ago, we broadcast some of the AFB leadership material on main menu, and last year, of course, we had a bunch of coverage from last year's ACB convention. I put all those together uh, using an LS14. And by the way, if, how many of you are on audio boom? Yes. Okay. Well, guess what? You're a podcaster. You're a podcaster. Did you know that everybody who posts on audio boom has an RSS feed? and it's actually a podcaster, people can su uh, subscribe to your content and listen to it and downcast. Scary thought, huh? Scary thought. Yeah. Scary thought. So you're using a digital handheld recorder to do interviews. Yep. Anybody else want to tell us what audio equipment they're using to do just fun recording at this point? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think the best dynamic microphone you could use is probably the ATR uh, audio technique. Yeah, yeah, the 2100 is great. Yeah, you can, you can use either uh, USB or XLR. Yep. Okay, so now we're throwing out letters in alphabet soup, and so I get to be. <laughs> They're harder to find. The, okay. the, the ATR 2100s are harder to find just because uh, they've replaced them with newer models, but if you can get it, it's a, it's a really great one. And Allison from the Nasillacast also put up an, a review of microphones and you really should go listen to it because she reviews everything from a cheap $29 mic all the way up to you know hundreds of dollars of microphones and the ATR 2100 sounded just as good as a $600 microphone so the great mic so I'm going to define a couple of terms RSS feed Jeff describe RSS feed is a file format it's a it's a standard that was 
originally made a number of years ago. It stands for Really Simple Syndication, and it's basically the format that uh, podcasters use to distribute their content, as well as uh, other news sites and things like that, but that's the format that they can use. So nonetheless, step one, make an audio recording. Step two, make sure you're using a microphone that's appropriate to the type of recording you're doing. Jeff went out and did interviews. Needless to say, he was not carrying with him his laptop. He was not carrying with him mic cords that ran 50 feet and have fancy connectors on either end. He wasn't holding a microphone out like they do on NBC when they're racing behind some politico asking them embarrassing questions about their sex lives. None of that stuff. He used a simple digital recorder. When you're choosing a microphone, you choose one to the situation that you're in. Right now, I'm talking into just about the most basic microphone you could ask for. Looks like kind of a grill, uh, um, how to put it, a wire mesh ball on the end of a stick. Pretty much. On off switch, that's it. It's connected by a cable, and that's where the next letters came in. You can get cables where the microphone goes straight into a USB port on your computer. Probably the least expensive scenario. You can get cables that are those mini jack plugs that plug into microphone jack on your computer and talk into it. Or you can get a XLR cable. Now an XLR cable is heavier. Each end, one's male, one's female. They're three pin. And naturally, you don't have one of those on your computer, do you? Doesn't exist on the computer. So typically when you're using an XLR, I say typically not only, when you're using uh, an XLR type cable, you're plugging it into a device called a mixer. And then you're plugging another cable from your mixer into your computer in some fashion. There are, in the same way you can take a mini jack plug, put another converter on it, and suddenly it's a quarter inch jack plug, there are plugs that will let you take XLR and turn it into other types of ends. I've got several cables, XLR on one end, quarter inch jack on the other. But generally speaking, when you go from one size to another by way of a snap-on device, it's kind of like plumbing. Every time you cut a pipe or put two pipes together with a fitting, you've just created a place where things can go wrong. And the same thing is true when you start using converters on things. There are places where things could go wrong. So you're better off sticking with one format of cabling or another or deciding that that big deep drawer you have, you're more than willing to, over a course of years, acquire cables with every kind of end you could imagine. So, get the microphone that's appropriate. If what you're going to do is be a single person talking into a microphone, sharing your ideas, etc., etc., you can probably get away with a good quality, we're talking the 20 to $40 headset microphone. <coughs> That will probably be more than enough. Remember that when you're doing a podcast, most people are not tuning you in because you have spectacular engineered audio of that beautiful melodic voice of yours. <laughs> they tune you in because you don't sound half bad and because they're very interested in the subject you're speaking about. So pick it according to how you're going to use that content. Number one, a microphone. We say a microphone like that's really what happens. Once you start down the microphone rabbit hole, you're going to be a collector of microphones before too awful long. 
So I think at this time I've been on the Yin Yang Show on ACB Radio for about six years, and I now own 15 microphones. Now, some of them are junky little microphones, and I got three to a pack kind of thing, right? Because microphones are dependent on not being bounced around like rubber balls. And sometimes they hit the floor. And they die. So uh, in, the, in the yin yang, in the man cave, we've been known more than once to accidentally drop microphones to the concrete floor. They do not like that. So, and, and you're in the middle of a show, you don't want to drop your only microphone. So we bought more than we need and we haul them around with us as we do the Yin Yang Show remotely. All right, so number one, you need to make a recording with something using a microphone into some kind of storage device, whether it's straight into your computer or into a digital recorder. But if you're doing it into a digital recorder, what did you have to do with that recording, Jeff? You have to copy it to the computer and then load it into some sort of editing software. So copying it into the computer means you need to have a process, a cable to join the two together. Right. And Generally a, a USB type of cable, whether it's a mini or micro, and you know, just plug it into your USB port. The, the device should connect as a drive and you can copy the files to it. Yeah, suddenly the computer thinks that what you've just done is attach a, a disk drive or a thumb drive, that kind of thing. And you transfer, copy, paste, get all those commands, yep. move it from one place to the other, and, and you need to be concerned about its format. That's right. So what format does your Olympus use? Well, it uses MP3 or WAV, uh, and the true, difference true, raw, the true raw uh, WAV format, meaning it's not compressed in any way. And that's really what you want if you're actually doing audio production work, because if you record an MP3 and you have to do any editing, then your, then your audio editor has to do what? It has to uncompress the file, and then you do whatever editing that's going to be done, and then you're going to recompress it. And with any format that uses compression, you're going to lose some quality of the audio. If you're only going to be editing it once, it kind of just depends on what you're dealing with. But to get the most pristine audio, it's best to, to record in just non-compressed, or what we call it, .wav, .wav file format. And it's, it's large, you know, it's, it's going to take a lot more room on your device, but it's the best for ensuring that you have the best quality of, of your recordings. Once you have it on to your Mac or PC, there's a number of audio editors that you can obtain. On the PC, the, probably the most inexpensive one that's the most accessible is GoldWave, found at goldwave.com. Uh, you can get Sound Recorder from APH. Studio. Studio Recorder, thank you, Sound Recorder, Chief. Um, it's been a long weekend already, folks. <laughs> it's $200. It's great. It, it is very, very good, especially for spoken word. It's fantastic. If you want to spend a bit more money, you can get SoundForge. It's actually quite a bit more. Um, so I would probably stay with those two. There's, there's Audacity that you can get. And I will tell you about Audacity because I spent last week working with it. Is it doable? Absolutely it is. But to some degree, it's like killing flies with a sledgehammer. 
Mm -hmm. uh, because it's a multi-channel editor, and there's not a simple way to do things on it. It's complicated to use, yep. but it is absolutely accessible for the kinds of stuff that you would want to do for podcast purposes. If you have a Mac, then I would strongly encourage the purchase of Amadeus Pro. And Jonathan Mosen, who many of you who will remember, did the SoundForge audio tutorials back in the day. Remember when Hunter Joyce sold those on cassette tape? Yeah, that goes way back. And, and uh, I think even Brian Harjan did one of those once at one time. Well, Amadeus Pro is also a multi-track editor, and it's very, very accessible. And Jonathan Mosen has done another superb audio tutorial on Amadeus Pro. And it's $59 in the Mac App Store or directly from the, the author's website. There are advantages to purchasing it from the author directly due to the Apple Mac App Store restrictions and sandboxing rules. But uh, it's a great editor and um, it, it's quite simple to use from a multi-track standpoint. So again, on the Windows side, we rec would recommend GoldWave as the least expensive purchase used out of the box. Again, we would talk from APH. Again, the title of that was... Um, Studio. Studio Recorder. Recorder. Won't make that mistake again. <laughs> and if you want to do it dirt cheap, Audacity is free. It's open source, it's free. All right, so you get your file in there and you begin to edit it. What are you editing? Well, the first thing you probably want to edit is the stuff off the beginning and stuff off the end. As you were clearing your throat before starting, as you were hearing your screen reader belt out some lovely statement that you didn't intend to be in the program or in your recording, those kinds of things. So you clip off the ends and then you listen to what's left. And in listening to what's left, the number one thing you're trying to do of course, you don't want to sound like an idiot, so you do your best to edit out anything that makes you sound like an idiot. But you also want to try to edit out things like, it's amazing how many people do this when they're talking on a microphone. Or he knows, or likes, or, or all of the pregnant pauses, or... <laughs> those are the things you're trying to first and foremost get out of your audio content by marking the beginning of it, marking the end of it, and saying delete what's between the two marks. Things like lip smacking, breathing, those kinds of things. You need to be careful though. And the like. Yeah, you do need to be careful though. Some people take it to an extreme and audit, uh, <laughs> edit, and can, geez. We're gonna edit that out. Yeah, we're gonna edit that too. Some people, some people edit to the extreme and take out the flow of the conversation. And that makes it very difficult, making it so that it's not natural sounding. And you don't want that either, you know? So just keep that in mind. It's okay for you to sound like a mere human being. Yes, absolutely. It's perfectly okay. It gives it a little bit of, of uh, country flavor, as it were. Yep. So you edit it, you save it off, and you play it back to yourself, and it is just lovely. Your voice sounds like your mother would love you. It's a good thing. And you might want to dress it up just a mite bit more. And this is where the multi-track business comes in. Perhaps you would like a nice little musical intro and exit. 
So you don't take out your collection from you know, the Grateful Dead and take a chunk of it and slap it in there because you've just violated digital rights management related who owns the rights to that kind of stuff. But there are sources out there for musical bits and pieces that you can use either because you get licensed to do so or they put it out in the public domain for free use of those. Magnitude. Say again? Magnitudes. Right? One example. But if you go and you Google free music, you're going to see a whole bunch of stuff, most of which you wouldn't want to play on air. It's so bad. But anyway. So go out and do some Google search, but be careful to look for free music, meaning that you have free use of it within your cast. What I find most people end up doing is they do a lot of searching, they find the one that they really like, they make it kind of their theme, and they use it podcast after podcast. And you start to expect it, just like you expect it on 60 Minutes. It's your sound. So you don't have to spend each and every week finding more and more music. Probably every once in a while you want to rethink what you're doing. If you're going into season two, then you'll want to think about maybe jazzing it up with something new. All right, next one. How much time do you spend putting this all together? On ACB Radio, we, we think that on average, for every hour of broadcasting we do, we spend an hour getting ready to broadcast. So if we have a three-hour show, it took us three hours to put it together before we push the play button and start the show. You should pretty much expect that's going to be the case with you as well when doing podcasting. Probably an hour of effort off creates an hour of content. Now that's not the perfect content. That's perfect. That's the acceptable content. There are some people who claim it's an hour for every minute. But these people are a bit on the obsessive side and we're not recommending that <laughs> because you know we can't prescribe time with your psychiatrist to help you through the problem. Okay? We're just talking normal everyday stuff to do that. Podcasts. People who, one of my least favorite podcasters are somebody who creates a podcast list, I subscribe to it, and they do one podcast and they go off and do something else with their lives. So I highly recommend that if you're thinking about podcasting, that you pick a topic that you really care about and that you really know about and podcast on that. And be prepared to put out something on a regular basis. Regular does not mean every day. It doesn't necessarily mean every week or even every other week or every month. Just establish a schedule for yourself so that the people who hear podcast one and really like it have some hope that there's going to be podcast number two. I'm going to be putting together one, I don't tell Kim this yet, she doesn't know, uh, called um, Man Cave Kitchen, where I'm going to record myself creating things in my Man Cave Kitchen cooking from scratch, making cheese from scratch, making sausage from scratch, doing hard cider and all kinds of fun stuff in my man cave kitchen. I bet you I'll have people subscribe to that. 
Uh, not because they know that the cook's the blind guy, but just because, hey, man cave kitchen, that's a pretty good combination. But I'm going to set myself the rule of one a month. One a month, I know I can do. If I find that I have more content and more time, I'll boost it up to every other week. Um, the other thing that people really like in a nice podcast is a regular length. Nobody wants to find out that to listen to last week's episode costs 15 minutes and next week's episode costs an hour and 15 minutes to do. You really need to regularize the length a bit. Warn them early on how long it's going to take for them to listen to it. Because a lot of people are doing this in little sound bites. They're giving up 15 minutes of their morning doing listening to you while shaving or something along those lines. So keep that in mind as well. So, one, get a computer. Two, get a necessary microphone. Three, get software to edit it. Four, find a place to post it. And the number one place is? Libsyn. Libsyn. Libsyn is a host of podcasts. Again, spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. Lipson, Lipson. Oh, you sound like a P in there to me. Lipson. It's pretty straightforward. Your own site. You're going to just be asked asked to answer a bunch of questions when you set it up, and they will give you a process by which you take that audio you carefully collected, upload it to their website, and add to that something called metadata. You know, if I had something called Man Cave Kitchen, you know, what are they doing? Well, we're down there, we're taking the deer we bought, we went out and shot on the back 40, we brought it in here, we're going to gut it for you today. That's not what I want them to think they're going to get. So my description is going to be a middle one. I went to the supermarket and I bought two pork shoulders and I'm going to make sausage out of it. So I describe it in a way that the person who's going to listen to it and subscribe to my I hope we'll want to hear what it is I'm saying. No surprises, please. Brian, the other thing that we can do too, and what we're encouraging, is if you have a message to say, let me get the mic here. What we also are encouraging on ACB Radio is that if you have a program or an idea that you, you would like to get out to the world, and you don't think that you may have the expertise of putting all this magic together to put together a podcast, then put the content together, let us put it on, on ACB Radio. If you want it in podcast form, we can do that for you and host it directly on ACB Radio. So if that's something you're interested in, then you should get a hold of us and we'd be happy to talk about that. You can email support at acbradio.org. It so happens that a member of the ACB board, Katie, is with us. Yeah. And she is the cross-representative from the publicity committee. Yes, and a member of the... Uh, Management team for ACB Radio is here too. Oh, two of us are, actually. So we're we're anxious to try to get people to think about podcasting. Yes, it's ACB convention. What do you think? We're we're trying to tickle your ideas and say, well, maybe I could do something. You know, I've heard all these voices on ACB Radio. I could be an ACB Radio voice on a subject that you know well and that you can talk about in an authoritative way. And there will be people within ACB Radio who are happy to. Hold your hand as you go through this process. Absolutely. We're hungry for content. 
The other thing is, and again, because the publicity committee is part of the sponsor of this afternoon's presentation, is they very much would like to encourage affiliates to put together something. In Massachusetts, we have something called the Council Connection. Uh, our, one of our members who really loves audio stuff, so much that he built a little studio for himself in his uh, downstairs area, Steve Dresser, does the Council Connection, all about what's happening in our affiliate in Massachusetts, and we put that up on ACB Radio. Uh, we also put a link on our webpage to that content, so that if you're coming through uh, our website, you can also access it that way. Multiple ways to get the word out. Again, one of the greatest values of podcasting is people can subscribe to it, and without having to listen when you're broadcasting, still even required on ACB Radio, you can get it when it's saved, also supported in ACB as a result of ACB Radio. <clears throat> I have a mixer. Why do I have a mixer? Because I do a show with two people on it. And the, most of the microphones we've been talking about are plugged into one socket. And if you're going to be the only one doing that, that's great. But I'm here to tell you that it's much easier to do a regular program if you have a broadcast buddy. Somebody who either likes all the buttons and such whatnot and is willing to do that and let you be the microphone guy. Or reverse that. You be the, the engineer for the fun of that and let them be the envoy on microphone talent. Or what we do on the Yin Yang Show, Rick and I just have a good time together, chatting, playing music, that kind of thing. It's a much more entertaining thing, at least I found it to be a more entertaining thing, if you're not doing it alone, you know, in a closet somewhere. And there are people who do better that way, but I'll tell you, it's an easier thing to do if you got a broadcast buddy. Another person on ACB Radio who does that is Chris Gray with his jazz show. He does it with Don, I can't remember Don's last name. This is fun. Chris lives in Missouri, Don lives in Hawaii. And they do a show together on jazz music every week on ACB Radio. So don't think that to have a broadcasting buddy they have to be at your house to do it. There are ways to do it remotely using things like Skype. So I have these microphones and they plug into something called a mixer. Well, no place to make bread. It's a, an electronic device, sits between our two computers on a Thursday night. It has four mono channels in it. So I can have up to four microphones going into this mixer. Sometimes we have three because we'll have a guest on the show sitting in a chair over to the side where we can throw uneaten popcorn at them and have a good time. And so those four are monos because these are mono microphones that I'm talking about here. On Jeff's recording, he, he used two mics on one device. So he had a left and a right channel that he could play with. But my microphones are mono. Then I have two stereo ends. <clears throat> Why would I care about stereo? Because I'm going to be playing that music. And music does like to be stereo. I also take my iPhone out of my pocket and I take things that I found over the course of the week on my iPhone and I jack it in to the other stereo input. So anything that I don't have stored on my computer that I'm going to play, I can store on this. 
And even uh, Jeff could have put a plug in to his headphone jack of his digital recorder, plug the other end into mono or stereo jack, and put that into the mixer. So a mixer has connected to it a cable from the mixer into your computer so that your computer can send the result over the internet. Upload it, those kinds of things. You can also, if you get really crazy like I am, and you have this issue that you're using a screen reader and you want to deal with audio stuff, you can have what's called an external sound card, a second sound card, dedicated to what we're talking about, the recording of and mixing of audio content so that you don't accidentally record Jaws' voice right in the middle of your wonderful prose. A second sound card. Not a particularly expensive thing. Under, well, I think the ones I use are about $110. Not horribly expensive. You don't have to start there, but I bet you if you're a speech user, you'll go there eventually. So I've got cables that connect all of this lovely mess together and have fun with it. For Christmas, I used to ask for things like new shirts and pants. Now I ask for microphones <laughs> and mic stands and headsets. <clears throat> headsets are another important piece of gear for a podcaster, not because you're going to want to necessarily hear yourself live, but when you're doing that editing, it's really nice to have a pair of earphones that are going to let you know exactly how it sounds. That means you are not going to want sound suppression headphones. Great for listening to something on the plane coming here because it takes whatever that uncomfortable noise is and plays it back on itself in a way that it sounds like it's not there at all. But you want to hear those hisses and pops and stuff because it's your job to edit them out of there. You may not think you can do this. I'm here to tell you there's not a person in the room who couldn't do this and learn enough to do this at the starters level in a weekend. In a weekend. I just had a high school student, 17 years old, very not computer literate, and by the end of um, about 10 hours of instruction, he was using Audacity and doing music intros, music exits, his own recorded voice, doing interviews, having edited out the pops and whistles and heavy breathing. 10 hours of investment. And, you know, he's going to go home and be bothering his parents for a full rig so that he can do it all in, in a classy way. But you really don't need to start there. You can get there before too awful long. So where do I go if I want to know more about this to do it in the future? Uh, let's see. Send an email to Jeff Bishop. <laughs> That's fine. Send, honestly, Jeff Bishop is part of the management team of ACB Radio. He's done bits and pieces of this, although he doesn't have a regular podcast he does. He really does all the pieces that make up a podcast in one form or another. And he, he can help you out, be connected to people who can assist you in this whole process. Don't think you have to buy the expensive stuff to start. If the hardest part is taking that first trip to say, I'm going to record something fun, and then I'm going to play with it, send it to Jeff, and let Jeff tell me how to improve on it. If we you have want people who mentor people all the time, yep. go ahead, Jeff. If you want to get a hold of me, you can email me at Jeff. There you go, Katie. Thank you. 
If you'd like to get a hold of me, you can email me at jeff, J-E-F-F, at acbradio.org. I'd be happy to help you. And if you really want to dive into this and kind of get your feet wet, if you want to, for example, produce some content for Main Menu, of which I actually still help edit and put, produce and things, then you can do that too. One, yet another way of getting your voice out there. So we're now going to wind this up with a little bit of Q&A. Are there any questions, things that you thought you'd learn here that you didn't learn here? Now's your chance to ask the question so that we can run up to our rooms, freshen up, and get to the opening session at 7 o'clock. This, this is Katie. I just want to add one thing before we close and wind up, that I actually was on a podcast. I, I did help with the, um, some of you may be familiar with the Veritech podcast. Mm -hmm. I was a participant on that podcast for a few months in 2015, and I was a, a person who did you know, the whole recording of pretending I was a radio DJ on my cassette tapes in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> and now I, I did participate in the podcast and it, it really is fun. It really is a neat time to talk about whatever subject is passionate to you and or to get your message out there. So especially if you're an ACB affiliate or have something you want to share with your community, want your story to go not, it really is a good way to get your message across to a very wide-ranging community. So if you're thinking about it at all, I really encourage you to contact Jeff and or the ACB Public Relations Committee and we'll be more than happy to talk to you about how we can work out something for you to get into podcasting. Questions? I have a question. Go. On ACB Radio, they have. On ACB Radio, it starts with this, you know, ring, 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 Where do you get things like that made? We have a production team that puts that stuff together. And uh, so if you'd like IDs or something, we could help you put that together. There are also people that are happy to do that around the internet and, you know, within our community as well. It sounds cool. So you're talking quietly yeah. because Judy's right across the table from you. But yes. the answer is that ACB Radio has a production team, it's called, that attempts to put together cute little jingles and things that fit between them. <clears throat> you can also contact a company, and I've done that before, and for a couple of hundred dollars, they will do some pretty amazing things on your behalf. We contacted a company, and they took one of those lovely choral groups that can sing really tight choral stuff, hired them for an hour to simply say things like, Ricky Boren, in four-part harmony. Oh, really? That's cool. Um, what was the name of the... They did it over and over again with different mixes of basses and, and the like, with or without musical music in the background. Um, and then we found a friend and you, you know, all of us uh, over time made a, might have made a friend out of some broadcaster somewhere in our lives. <laughs> so we found a guy, Pete Gustafson, and he does voiceover for, right now he does he's the main voice doing voiceover for NFL football. So he happens to be a low vision guy. So we took that combination and we kind of blackmailed him. <laughs> into doing some things. So he does uh, a number of really nice voiceovers. But you know people who have really nice voices already. I would tell you that 
If I could get him to hold still long enough, I'd go and get Mike Garrett to simply read some stuff on tape for me that I write. And I'd use that as one great source of audio content. Listen to voices here at ACB, and I bet you a number of people would be more than happy if you gave them the copy to read it. I went through uh, all the members of my household and I said, all I want you to say is, you're listening to Brian and Rick on the Yin Yang Show on ACB Radio. Got lots of those. I started tweaking with them. Some of them have been into jingles that sound like they're gorillas. Some, because <laughs> you can make crazy changes to voices. Nobody's going to recognize those people. I got a set of chipmunks that announce things from time to time, all by monkeying around with somebody else's voice. It, it's really not that difficult to do in some respects. It takes a bit of skill. You know that whole main menu, main menu, main menu, main menu business that happens on the ACB radio. That was somebody's weekend project. <coughs> you take the same thing, you cut, copy, paste, cut, copy, paste, cut, copy, paste, and then you mix them so they slightly overlap with one another. I've got one where it says, the yin-yang show with echo chamber in the background. So it sounds like I'm in the Grand Canyon shouting about my show. I've got another one where I turned flange on. I did another one where I did rap. I said, the yin, the yang, the yin-yang show. Copied that, pasted it on itself, slightly offset, and you'd swear that I was a rap group. In that. That's part of the fun. That's part of the fun. Other questions? Hearing none, please become a podcaster. ACB needs you. Thank you for coming today. That concludes our show for this week, and you can download any of the convention archives by going to acbradio.org slash acbconvention2015. That's acbradio.org slash acbconvention2015. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, David should be back then.